If you want to turn in your Bibles to Isaiah chapter 61. Isaiah 61. We are on, plus the introduction, this is week number 9 that we've been in Isaiah 61, and week number 10, if you count the introduction. So, here, and here's the deal, we are going to finish verse 3 today. <laughs> so, there's, you know, sometimes we go through the Bible really quickly, whether that's on our own or even here in, in, in our church gatherings or meetings. Uh, you know, sometimes it's okay to go slow. Sometimes it's okay to go fast. Sometimes you get a, God just has you reading big chunks of scripture. That's good too. They're all good as long as it's in the word of God. But sometimes he'll just have you go slowly. You know, if you've never done it before on your own, take just a few verses and just read them real slowly. Stop and think about each word that's being said. That's what it means to meditate, to just kind of think on it over and over and over again where you're just looking at that same thing and saying god what are you saying to me oh man that is amazing you've sent me you've sent me you've sent me you've sent me i've been sent by god the spirit himself has sent me to heal the brokenhearted healing you know i mean you just kind of can dwell in on each on each part of the scripture and and see life released and so uh we're going to dig into the rest uh, of verse three today. Uh, two weeks ago, I wasn't here. Uh, many of us weren't here. We were in Honduras, and we weren't sorry that we weren't here. Um, <laughs> we were happy to be in Honduras. So um, you might not have been sorry that we weren't here either. So you might have been happy that we were in Honduras too. So, um, but two weeks ago, my wife gave a, a great message, as she always does, uh, on the garment of praise putting on the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness or the spirit of despair. You know, that you have, to, you have to choose to clothe yourself with something different sometimes. You have to choose to say, you know what, it doesn't matter how I feel. Did you know that praise is not a feeling? Worship is not a feeling. Some of you all are waiting for you to feel like worshiping. It ain't going to happen. It's probably not going to happen. Worship, really, if it's true worship, is a choice. It, it's activating your will, saying, God, I'm going to do this. I'm going I'm to choose to do this. If you're forced to do it, it's not worship. If you have to do it, it's not worship. But if you choose to do it, it becomes worship. It's something that's from your heart. It's something that's, that's intentional. And so, you know, there's freedom that happens when we choose to put on the garment of praise. When we're feeling down, I challenge you, first of all, if you haven't listened to her message, listen to that message. Uh, very simple truth, but, but it's powerful if you take hold of it, that when I'm feeling my worst, praise God. Sing a song. Get by yourself if you need to. You know, those of you that can't sing around other people. But, but go ahead and sing a little bit. You're like, I have a terrible voice. Well, just say the words then if you don't like singing. Get some praise out. Get some, get some worship going and see what happens. See if something begins to lift off of you. Anyway, I don't want to preach the message again. So uh, let's read Isaiah 61. Let's, let's review 1 through 3 again. 
Holy Spirit, open the word of God to us. It says the spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives and release from darkness for the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God to comfort all who mourn and provide for those who grieve in Zion. And the last three times we've done this, we've looked at these three, to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of joy or the oil of gladness instead of mourning, and a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. They will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. And so we're going to focus in on that last part there. But there's something that, that, we, that we didn't go through when we were here earlier. And it's that first part of verse 3 where it says to bestow on them or to grant them. You know, I looked up this word in the Hebrew uh, several weeks ago. And I ended up not sharing it because I probably just forgot. Got excited, got preaching, and didn't look at my notes. Sometimes I do look at my notes, okay? I do have them here just in case. Um, but that word there is in Greek is... Uh, either sum or seem, S-U-W-M or S-I-Y-M. Uh, for those of you that need to spell some Hebrew, if you change it to our language, that's what it would look like. But it means this, to bestow, to appoint, to establish, to ordain, or to fashion. And I think of the word appoint. You know, if you're appointed for something, you know, that means you've got it. So right here, it, it's saying... You're appointed for beauty instead of ashes. You are appointed for joy instead of mourning. You are appointed for praise instead of depression or discouragement or despair. It's appointed for you. It's, it's been ordained. It's been established. It's been already set in place. You get someone that if they're appointed to a position, it's theirs. You know, they are, they are appointed this position. When the president chooses to appoint his staff, whether we like him or not, whatever your opinion is, he appoints them and they are now in that position. They, that is who they are. That's how they operate now. That is what is going to be their, their description of their life right now. And so God is saying that for us. He's saying that for every believer in Jesus, everyone who's a child of God. Guess what? You are appointed for beauty instead of ashes. Wherever you go, things are going to change. Where, because this world is not beautiful. It needs some beauty in it. It needs something, something marvelous. It needs something wonderful. It needs something winsome. It needs something attractive. Not in the attractive way that we've got all distorted in our culture. Like true attraction. True beauty. Something that draws everyone in and, and draws them together and, and brings worship and praise to God. We need joy. We need gladness. We need celebration. You're appointed for that. We need praise going out all over the place. You're appointed for that. You've, it's been ordained. It's been established. It's been granted. It's been, it's been given to you. You know, and the result is this. This is the result. They will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord 
for the display of his splendor or to show his glory. It may say in your translation to, to, to magnify the beauty of God. So here's the deal. All this stuff, the anointing, God coming upon you, the healing, the, the freedom, the deliverance, the prisoners being set free is, is all not for you. It's all not for you. I mean, ultimately, it's not like, see, we've got it, we've got it all wrong. And we, we sometimes in church, and, and I'll just blame the leadership in church as a pastor. Sometimes we, we, we preach so much, hey, this is for you. God wants this for you. And it's true, He does. But if it stops with you, He doesn't want it with you. <laughs> because it's, it's gotta get, it's gotta get to someone else and it's gotta bring praise to God. If it doesn't get someone else looking at God and saying, whoa, He's amazing. Then it hasn't accomplished the purpose for which the anointing has not come. So any of us are just satisfied. You know, it's not so we can just have a good life. So we can have a a great life and and have, you know, have nice, perfect kids. None of us have that, of course. But just in case we thought we could, you know, God cancels that out within the first six months. Um, (laughs) Right. Am I right? Have you had children? I mean, now the grandchildren are perfect, right? <laughs> they can do no wrong. Um, that's not true either. So um, <laughs> go, ahead and, go ahead and spank those grandkids every once in a while. Just every once in a while. Um, so, <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's not just so we can have a good life. I mean, if God wanted us to have a good life, once we got saved, he'd kill us and take us to heaven. I mean, because that's the real good life. That's where we get all the good life and it's all just all good. There's still a mission to accomplish. It's not just a good life. So you can have a, so you can have blessing in your home. You can have financial blessing. You can have, you know, relational blessings. So you could have good kids so they can have a great life. You know, here's the deal. Okay. I gotta, I'll have to pay my son five bucks for this. But, um, there's some pastor that pays their kid five bucks if they talk about him and, in church. I'm sorry I ever heard about that. So anyway, you know, Evan, Evan is great. He's awesome. He's not in here, right? <laughs> okay. So you can tell him. It's fine. He'll probably be thrilled. <laughs> the one kid that will be thrilled I'm talking about. Um, so, you know, one of the prayers Evan prays every night is, Lord, bless me with this wonderful life. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus, for all that you do and bless me with this wonderful life. And, you know, there's nothing wrong with that when you're, when you're nine years old. Uh, but if that's all it's about when you're 39, uh, you're off track. You want to be, it's, it's not wrong to be blessed. It's just wrong if it's all just right here. It's supposed to, it's supposed to go out to somebody. It's supposed to display the splendor of God. It's supposed to bring glory to Him. You know, it's the challenge today. It's, it's, it's raising our, our children to know that they're on mission. You know, our goal in life is not for our kids' dreams to come true. That's not who we're called to be as parents. My goal in life is for my kids to be on mission with God. It doesn't matter what they're doing. They can, if they get straight A's and they're not on mission for God, if their life is not living for the glory of Jesus, it doesn't matter how well they do in life according to the United States of America. It's, they failed according to the Word of God. I know I'm meddling a little bit here, so just... You know, that's, that's not the goal. You know, we kind of think the American dream is not in the Bible. 
the pursuit of happiness, that, that doesn't come here. Life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Glory to God. Well, yeah, happiness, joy is found in pursuing Jesus and his mission and his plan. If you're not sold out to that, then you know what? Here's the deal. You're not living this life. Is it about you still? I'm getting in your face today, huh? It's kind of, man, what happened to Pastor John in Honduras? <laughs> Send that dude back there and stay there for a few months, right? Or don't ever go back there again. But here's the deal. It's like, it's, it's not meant to stay here. It's great to get healed. It's great to get free. But it's, it's not about me just consuming the goodness of God. I consume the goodness of God so that I overflow, so that it spreads out to somebody else. And it says we, we become like, a, like an oak tree. I looked up oak trees. I tried to be like my wife. You know how she looks up stuff and gets all these amazing insights? So I found two, though, okay? Did a lot of Here's the deal. First thing about oak trees is there's like a bazillion types of oak trees, okay? So if you think you know oak trees, you don't. And I still don't, and I have no clue about oak trees. But here, there's a couple of, of key things that are in general for most oak trees, and probably what they were thinking of when Isaiah was, was writing this down is, is, number one, is oak trees have a, a strong protection against the disease. They have a high rate of tannin in their bark and wood, that protects them from insects and fungus infections. Protects them from, from disease. So number one, they've got this, this built-in protection from things that would try to stop and harm their growth. Just remember this, we're, we're becoming oaks of righteousness. That's, that's for the display of God's splendor. We're a planting of the Lord. This is His idea. Number two is this. So that's number one is there's a, there's a protection so that we can grow. We are protected so that we can grow. Number two is this. Oak is, is just one of the, you know, the hardiest trees. It's very strong. It's very hard. I know there are woods that are harder than oak, but over the years, if you wanted something strong, you just say, you got the big old oak tree. You know, it's just like the big, strong, giant tree. And it, and it lasts a really long time. So you've got two major things with the oak, strength and endurance. Strength and endurance. Both those together make the oak tree one of the most famous trees in the world and, and a symbol in all kinds of different cultures for, for power and strength and all kinds of different stuff. And so when they were talking about this in the time of Isaiah, they would have thought, okay, oak tree, man, that's like the one, the best tree out there. This is going to be the one. A planting of the Lord. We're going to become so solid. We're going to become so strong. And we're going to last forever. This is not going to be temporary. This is not going to pass away. This is not going to go away. This is not going to be just hype. We got a lot of hype nowadays. Anybody, you know, things just... Our, our culture, things just come so fast, right? It's like one, one day this is in, this is going good, this is what's going on. The next day, we've, we've moved on to something else. We consume so much information. I mean, 
Did you all know that most of you, if you're connected to any kind of media, you are consuming more information than anybody in the history of human creation has ever consumed? I mean, you know, you think of all those weirdos that used to like just sit in a library and just like read all day, you know, like way back monks or something, you know, like oh, the, people looked at those guys and like, what's wrong with those people? You need to get out in the world and do something like we've become that. We we're just consumed with what's right in front of us and all this information coming at us and all these things. I'm going to check Facebook. I'm going to check Twitter. I got to check Instagram too. Oh, let me Snapchat someone right now. Let me let me read this article on the internet. Let me let me do this. All this. I'm going to listen to talk radio. Boom, 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 boom. I got so much information going on. Sometimes I just need to shut it off and be quiet. That's one of the things getting away to Honduras is you get in a whole different stream of life. You're not you're not in a hurry to, you know, get to your next thing. You're not, you know, having to check all this information, not having to do all this stuff. You can get up. Yeah, there's stuff to do. There's things we're doing, but we're just there's a there's a peace there. There's there's a there's a relaxation of life. And we, we've kind of lost that in our culture that we're driving, we're driving and we're driving and we're driving and we're striving and we're going harder and harder and harder and we're seeing less good. And sometimes I just need to get back to the simplicity of saying, okay, I'm just going to sit and worship God. I'm going to put on a garment of praise. I'm just going to I'm just going to praise him. I'm just going to do something that's that's quiet, you know, that's that's peaceful, that's quiet. I'm not going to be in a rush. I'm not trying to get to the next thing. I'm not trying just to do it so I can check it off and and move on with my day where I just I just sit with Jesus. What would happen if a bunch of people did that? A lot. I think we'd we'd start becoming spiritual oak trees. You know, we'd start seeing, we would be endure for the long haul. You know, that's one of the biggest things. Anybody can get excited for Jesus for a short time. Anybody can walk with Jesus and, and you can fake it for a while. It might even be real, but here's the deal. You know that you're mature when it goes on long time, long time. The oak tree goes through droughts. The oak tree goes through, you know, disasters that are going on. There's battles going on around the oak trees. There's all kinds of stuff going on, but the oak tree is just there growing. It's continuing to grow. There's other trees that are succumbing to disease and sickness and things that would try to cause their growth to stop and stunt their growth and make them sick and and make them not be able to reproduce, make them not fruitful. But the oak tree is there, it's protected, it can keep just bearing fruit. You know, you know what the scripture we, we read earlier, Psalm 1, is, is an exact picture of that. It says, you know, we'll be like a tree planted by the water, bearing fruit in season, that, that its leaf does not wither, wither and whatever they do prospers. That's exactly what, what Isaiah is talking about here. That's exactly where the anointing of God leads. That's where the presence of God, the power of God in my life leads to, is transformation and growth. If you're the same husband that you were five years ago, you're not walking with Jesus. I'm sorry, you're not. You might be coming to church, you might be singing hallelujah in the second front row pew, but you know, you're not walking with Jesus. When you walk with Jesus, you change and you're transformed and you grow. You look different. 
And this is not, again, here's the deal. This is a planting of the Lord. This happens not by, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do it this time. I'm going to really get better. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be a better person. No, I'm not telling you to be a better person. I don't want you to be a better person. I want you to be connected to Jesus. Because then you become like him. He's a lot better person. But you don't have to try on your own strength. It begins to happen naturally. Just like an oak tree grows, it happens naturally. It just drinks in the, so- it drinks in the water from the soil. The nutrients grow, and it grows. You know, there's another scripture in Jeremiah uh, chapter 17 that talks about trees. That's very, very useful for this, for this scripture. Jeremiah 17 and verse 7 says, But blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence is in him. They will be like a tree. Well, there it is again. <laughs> They'll be like a tree planted by the water that sends out its roots by the stream. It does not fear when heat comes. Its leaves are always green. It has no worries in a year of drought and never fails to bear fruit. Can you imagine if that was your, the, the description of your spiritual life? No worries. <laughs> that would be a good one right there. No worries in a year of drought. We know what drought is here, amen? <laughs> we are familiar with droughts. And so there's no worries and never fails to bear fruit. You know, I've got some things that we've, we've got some things that we've been trying to grow, um, you know, and they just don't grow, you know. It doesn't matter how much you pay attention to them here. You know, we're just in the drought. We can't get them to grow. Um, it, it does not fear when heat comes. No, it's fearing when heat comes. <laughs> All the plants we work with at our house, they are afraid of the heat. And they are affected by the heat. They are withering. They are dying. But here's the deal. When you're walking with Jesus, it says, hey, when you're going through something where you got heat in your life, where you got spiritual pressure, you got, you're in the pressure cooker of life, you're not going to wither. You're not going to be afraid. You're, you're not going to, you're not going to shrink back. You're going to, you're going to go forward. You're going to say, I'm going to keep pressing on. I'm going to keep following Jesus. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to stay connected to Him. You know, as we were in Honduras this year, and uh, one of the tree trees right by the building uh, that we stay in, we stay in the oldest building on the top of the hill called La Casona. That's like the big house is what that means, basically. And so the big house was the first first structure that was built in Didasco around almost 30 years ago. And so it's, it's getting run down. It's one of our next projects is probably to remodel the the roof at least and fix all the stuff that's broken. But there's a tree right outside the front porch and it's, I have no clue what kind of tree it is. It might even be, it could be an oak tree and I wouldn't have a clue um, since I don't know anything about them. And so, but that tree, it's got these big old roots and one of the, one of the roots or roots, <laughs> if, from, if you're from somewhere else, um, I don't know if that's here or there, but so it, one of the, one of the, one of the roots has grown right into the the surface of the the patio. The, the patio is like up here, and and there's like it's grown right in here, and it's just kind of torn up the concrete. It's just destroyed it. It's just the root is right there, and now there's a big hump. You know, and this thing is solid. There's there's cement. There's concrete. There's like hard tile on top of it, but the root has just kind of totally destroyed that thing. Here's the deal. Strong roots will not be stopped by anything. I mean, we got a, a building 
again, it was built to Honduran standards 30 years ago, so it's not top world class or anything. But still, it's some. It, that's got to be a heavy building. There's there's some weight there. You know, cement is pretty strong. When I punch cement, it, the cement doesn't hurt. It hurts me, right? I've never done. Actually, I don't punch cement. But if I did, <laughs> the cement would not be hurt. But here's the deal. This root, it just grows right through that. You know, sometimes we think we got some things that are impossible in our lives where we've got things that we're like, how could I? Hey, it's it's your roots that are going to make the difference. It's your you know, it's going to go through whatever whatever is trying to stop you. The root is going to keep going to the source of life. What do roots do? They chase down water. They chase down nutrients. It's like Psalm one. It says they're like a tree planted where the. Or it's Jeremiah 17, excuse me, where it says the, the roots go down to the stream. You know, trees are just created like that. They'll search out. They'll seek out life. They're trying to live. And spiritually, that's what we have to do. We have to try to live. We have to seek out the water of the Holy Spirit, the water of the Word, where, where our roots are going to go in deep. And it doesn't matter if there is a big, big giant stronghold in front of us that is trying to stop us from that, my root that is connected to Jesus will grow through that stronghold and break me free to where I am not stopped. That thing is is broken. It says this, though. It says we are, they will be called oaks of Righteousness. What is righteousness? You know, righteousness, when you just boil it down, is, is living rightly. Living the way that we were created to live. Of course, the Bible has a few things to say about righteousness. It says, number one, that no one's righteous. <laughs> Newsflash. You don't got it. <laughs> you ain't got it. Sorry. You were born out of it. You couldn't work your way into it. You failed pretty early on. You didn't live right. There is no unrighteous, not even one. It says that in Proverbs and it quotes it in Romans chapter 3. There is none righteous, not even one. So it doesn't matter how good you are. It doesn't matter if you behave rightly, if you become a good person, if you go to church, if you sing hallelujah in the second pew. It doesn't matter what you do. If you do everything right, if you're a good person, you know what? You're still not righteous. No matter how many things you try to do, you're never going to make it. You're not going to perform right. So that's the first thing that God, that's in the Bible says about righteousness. It's kind of depressing, the bad news. Here's the good news. Is the first time, one of the first times righteousness shows up with people is in Genesis chapter 15. And it says this about Abraham. The one who, one of the first followers of God, it says God called him out and it says that Abraham believed God and what? And God credited it to him as righteousness. So in other words, here's the deal. It's not your works that connects you to righteousness. It's your trust in God. It's your faith. It's your belief. It's, that's what is credited to as righteousness. In Romans chapter 3, um, it says this. I need it on the screen for me there. But now, apart from the law, the righteousness of God has been made known to which the law and the prophets testify. 
This righteousness, what is given through faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe. So now here's the deal. You didn't have it. You didn't have righteousness. But now if you believe, what happens? You, you do have it. <laughs> now you do have it. You didn't. Now you did. Through your faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe. Okay, there's nobody left out. There is no difference between Jew and Gentile. It doesn't matter your ethnicity. It doesn't matter what culture you were raised in. It doesn't matter anything. For all of sin, there it goes back and falls short of the glory of God. So there's those two, two truths right together that all is sin, but here's the deal. And no one's righteous, but here's the deal. If you believe in Jesus, then you are righteous. 2 Corinthians 5 and verse 21 says this. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. That that is that's crazy. That's crazy that with all the nasty things that you've done. All the secret things that you hate about yourself. You know, man, how could I ever have done something like that? How could I ever treated someone like that? How could I have ever had that thought? How could I have ever done that, that thing? We've all done it, right? I mean, we all have things. If, if I wanted to rehash all the shameful things I've done in my life, it would get pretty depressing. But all that's true, but there's something that's more true. When I put my trust in Jesus, He says, guess what? Not only do you get righteousness, you get the righteousness of God. You don't, you don't get, you don't just get, you don't get human righteousness. You get something supernatural. So that's the third thing about righteousness. Righteousness, you're not born with. It's, it's a gift. The gift of righteousness is given to you as a follower of Jesus. That's why we can be called oaks of righteousness. Isaiah is, is prophesying. He's, Isaiah's talking like Jesus has already come. Especially in the last half of his book, it's all like almost New Testament. You could almost transfer Isaiah 40 through 66 into the New Testament and fit right in because he is, he's speaking beyond where he's even seeing. Jesus hasn't even come yet, but he knows he is. The Spirit knows He is, and He's leading Isaiah to say these things. Hey, you're going to be oaks of righteousness. You're going to be so solid, and you're going to have, and you're going to be someone you can actually say, I am the righteousness of God. Now, apart from Jesus, that sounds pretty arrogant. I mean, try to say it right now. Let's say it right now. I am the righteousness of God. Through Christ Jesus. Let's go ahead and throw that on. Good idea. (laughs) I am the righteousness of God in Christ. Now that feels a whole lot better than there's none righteous, not even one. You know, when I was mentioning that part, we kind of started all going, oh man, oh yeah, you're right. I really do. I'm really not that great. I'm really pretty. I'm not that good. You know, I'm just, I'm just not. But then you start declaring truth over yourself. I am the righteousness of God in Christ. 
When you declare things that are true over your life, you begin to see a change in the way you think. You begin to see a change in the way you think down here. You, and eventually it will change the way you feel. So saying some things that are true and declaring yourself, it says in the Bible, if you're a believer in Jesus, if you've given your heart to Jesus, if you're a child of God, you are the righteousness of God in Christ. You know, there's an old song. It's getting older every year. It's from Chuck Gerard. And he's an old, really old man now. Um, and he sang this song in 1982. 1982. I was only... I was only six. Okay? But my mom... I know I've told this story before, so I'll just tell it again. Uh, this whole... He did a whole album and uh, just... Just the power of God on it. The music sounds like it's from 1982. Okay, let's just be honest. So it, it doesn't sound any different, but the words are so powerful. The, the message is so powerful. And one of the songs my mom used to listen to it all the time, we'd drive to school uh, from fifth through eighth grade. My mom taught at the same school we went to, Calvary Christian School in Ontario, California. And we must have listened to Chuck Gerard uh, 350 times. I don't know how many times we listened to it. Over and over and over again. I didn't really care for the for the album. I was into something a little bit with a little bit more crunchy guitars or something. Like, can we get some rock and roll or some heavy metal going on? Because um, Christian, um, <laughs> of course. But uh, you know, but the words. You know, I still know the words to the songs, even if I haven't listened to them in a while. I do have the vinyl now. Um, but it says one of the songs is just this. And I remember hearing this message like this song. I didn't understand what it meant. But it said, we are the righteousness of God because Jesus lives in us because Jesus lives in us. We are the righteousness of God because Jesus lives in us because Jesus lives in us. And it just says it over and over again. There might even not be any more words. I can't remember. I think there's some verse somewhere. But man, I heard that over and over again. Whenever I come across 2 Corinthians 5, guess what song comes in my head? Chuck Gerard. For good or for, for better or for worse, Chuck Gerard comes in because it's truth. And when we get truth in our hearts, it's amazing how many times I had songs as a kid that now come back to me. So just a free hint for you who have kids, play music with truth in it. I mean, if, if all your kids know is whoever and this person and that person, they might even be a nice, hey, it's nice music. Hey, guess what? If it's not truth, it's just nice music. Make sure that there's some truth being played around your children. If, and if you've never played truth around yourself, play some truth around yourself. Find some, some music that's declaring the truth of God. It doesn't have to be worship music. It just has to be you know, something that's declaring what lines up with God's word. And the more you listen to it, it'll get in your heart. I've got all kinds of songs that come up. I'm, and as a kid, I'm like, I didn't even like this song. I, didn't, I don't want to listen to Chuck Gerard again. I don't want to hear it again. Now I have it on vinyl and I, I, I'd listen to it again. Because there's just like this, you know, part of it's, you know, like that. Oh, I'm going to go back to my childhood thing. Okay, but <laughs> life was so much easier when I was in fifth grade, right? Um, maybe. Um, 
But get truth into your heart. Because here's the deal. We're, we're, plant, we're a planting of the Lord. That's the reminder here is this. Is that our, it's not my righteousness. It's not my goodness. It's not my performance. Everybody say that. It is not my performance that counts. It is not how good I do that counts. It's not how well I perform that matters. Now, when you, here's the deal. When you have the righteousness of God in your life and you become that, you do change. You do change. You will begin to change as that truth becomes more real, as you walk in that truth. And how does it happen? It happens, it says, by faith. You have to believe that this is true. If you believe that you're worthless, you're going to live out the fruit of being worthless. If you believe that you're righteous, that you are the righteousness of God. I am the righteousness of God in Christ. I challenge you to say that to yourself this week several times every day. Speak it out loud. Say it till you believe it. Download Chuck Gerard on whatever place you can find him on, if he's still on all those digital platforms. Listen to it for fun. Whatever. Just find something that speaks truth. Get the Scripture in you and, and say it over and over again. Declare something over your life every day and see what happens. See how different your week is. And if your week's different and your day's different, then you might keep, keep it going. You might do it the next week. And then you might find out, hey, I'm going to, I'm going to see, I'm beginning to see growth and change in my life. I, I become planted by God and I'm growing strong now. I am, I'm growing, I'm growing where I'm able to resist all this stuff that's coming at me, all the diseases in this world, all the sickness, all the, all the fungus that tries to latch onto me and grow something disgusting and nasty and try to stop me from who I'm supposed to be that, so I can display God's splendor, so I can pass it on to someone else. You know, it's like all these things that we've had, you know, we've kind of, you know, the beauty for ashes, the oil of joy. It's so we can pass it on. It's like when I'm going, going, when you're going into your job, when you're going to your, your office or your, your place of work, you guess what? You've got like a stack of clothes on your shoulder. You've got garments of praise with you. You have yours on and you get to hand it out. You've got oil of joy. You know, you've, you've been filled up with something where you can hand out the goodness of God. You've got beauty for ashes. You've got somebody that's got a broken life. Guess what? You have the answer. Amen. You have the answer. Don't wait for somebody else. Don't wait for someone who knows more about Jesus. No, you've got it. You've got everything you need. To be exactly who God created you to be. You can do this. You can display God's glory. Thank you, Jesus. I am the righteousness of God in Christ. Let's stand up. Thank you, Lord. Holy Spirit, we just invite you right now to just minister to our hearts. Lord, you've been speaking truth to us, and now we we ask you to speak to us personally. Thank you, Lord.
Thank you, Lord. I just, I just pray right now, Lord, if there's anybody here who is dealing with shame right now, if there's anybody who's dealing with shame about things they've done in the past, right now I break the power of shame in your life. I declare over you as a child of God that you're no longer a slave, not just to fear, but you're no longer a slave to shame. I am a child of God. And we thank you for that, God. We thank you for that truth, Lord. Any doubt in our minds, God, we, we thank you, Lord, that you would begin to saturate our minds with truth. You begin to saturate our hearts with truth. It would change the way we see things. It would change the way we see life. It would change the way we see people. It would change the way we see you. Holy Spirit, anoint us so that we can display your beauty. Lord, we are commissioned. Lord, we have been commissioned to become all that you have called us to be so that people can honor you, so that people can see how amazing you are, so that people can be drawn to you. We thank you for that. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Be blessed. Make a declaration over yourself. I... I, 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 I encourage you to do that this week. You can declare that song, I am a child of God. That's why that song's so powerful. Say, I am the righteousness of God in Christ. Try it several times a day and see what happens. If you need prayer, come up and see us. And we're going to go deliver food next door for those that can here in just a minute.